0: Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 14. In this episode, I'm joined by just a couple of my friends, both of whom, in addition to me, have considered themselves in some capacity called to Christian ministry and have either gone to Bible college or seminary or done various other things to try to equip ourselves for Christian ministry. So we discuss the pros and cons of Bible college, seminary, we also talk about what we believe Christian mentorship inside the church should look like. And we talk a little bit about sermon preparation as well. So if this is something that interests you, feel free to give it a listen.
1: I hope you enjoy.
0: <laughs> hey guys.
2: <laughs> How you doing? Doing good. Tired. Yeah. good Yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: work today, right?
3: Yeah, work and uh,
2: people are stressful. Mm. It's Friday. It's Friday. Do you have tomorrow and the next day off, or you just tomorrow? Okay, gotcha. You know, it's it's still like a Friday to me. No, Friday feels like Friday. That's good. Yeah, but is it? You have a set schedule, or is it like (laughs) no? It rotates constantly. Yeah,
3: yeah, like uh, uh, today or this week, I had. I originally started off with like four days off, but I only ended up having two days off. Actually, maybe three, because I did get I was kind of sick one of these days because allergies. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, like next week i have Tuesday, Saturday off. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically depending on how many hours. Yeah. And all that stuff. So. dude, hmm.
0: getting a consistent schedule is. It is nice. I I took a, I'm like, did I take an hourly pay cut when I went to work with Kevin at the factory? But like it was it was a life upgrade. Like it's like, okay, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, I think it was 7.30 to 4. It's like, I have all my evenings off. I can just, I felt so mm-hmm. much uh, more free, I guess, in a sense. Because you're like, if someone ever asked me, hey, what are you doing next Thursday night? It's not like, oh, I'll have to wait till the schedule comes out. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm free.
2: Yeah, but a set yeah. schedule in retail is like a, one of the rarest beasts <clears throat> on earth. Yeah, that's true. Because they want you at all times. Flexing for them. Yeah. yeah. Which sometimes that can be nice because, you know, you can grocery shop when no one's in the store. That's true. You can hit the DMV.
0: Yeah. Yeah, You can go to the bank, post Mm -hmm. office. Mm, Because
2: the Florida DMV is only open when everyone's working. Yep. That's my biggest gripe against the Florida DMV. Dude, I'm a teacher. Everything else is nice.
0: Which means, like, it's the same. Mm. (laughs) And then if I'm on a holiday, they're on a holiday, so... Do you have
2: to take off work to... Because that's what I, when I call them, uh, like, what do, I'm like, what do I, what do the no, normal people who work usually. do? And they're like, oh, eh, they take off work. I can, I'm like, I can usually just go on it.
0: Actually, I think they're open on Friday. I don't know what I'm griping
3: about. I think they really are.
0: Also, Florida DMV, or Kissimmee, has not been that bad in my experience. they're no. nice. So.
3: I have not been to the DMV a whole lot, so. Hmm. Cool. So, we
0: actually have an idea of what we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, just three of us in here today. And we've all been to Bible college or seminary, one of us. And uh, so I'm interested in just kind of talking about having gone through it, uh, how we feel having come out the other end. Um, I've known you, Eric, for a while, and we actually met when we were both going to Bible college. We were going to separate Bible colleges. And then Dan, we just met, what, like maybe five months, four four months ago? Something like that. And yeah, so... Whichever you guys wants to go first and kind of tell me what your assessment has been and Mm -hmm. uh, kind of what your idea is on it now. So on whether it's... Yeah, I mean, is it worth it? Is it... Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you're also kind of freshly out, Dan, so I don't know uh, how much you'd be able to say lasting value it's Mm -hmm. added, but, you know, you've put a lot of eggs in that basket. So where's that coming from?
2: Yeah, so I would say, yeah, it's worth it. Problem solved. I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> <Right>. kidding. <laughs> Tune in next time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that there are strengths and weaknesses, just like with anything. Like there's, there, at least the seminars I went to, were trying to kind of make you as well-rounded as possible. But there were obviously pitfalls. Like they're not going to be able to mentor you. They're not a local church, so they're mm-hmm. not going to be. I mean, they tried to do as much as possible to do mentor field experience, to do like preaching classes, but really their job was to get the academic side going. Mm. So for that, for the theological training and all of the exposing to the potential questions that are out there, I think it was extremely valuable. Getting the original languages, in my view, is very, very, very helpful. Mm. Um, Even, you don't have to do a deep dive in it, but even if you just get a little bit of a working knowledge to prevent from going astray with word studies, Mm. I think in my mind that is worth its weight in gold. But there are obviously going to be weaknesses um, because they can't do everything. Uh, so I think the mentor experience and then the practical experience is something that they're not able to give you. Um, and they're hopefully you'll be getting that from your local church. So that's kind of the way I think of it. Um, I think they could do a little bit more with, uh, I think they have these as electives, but uh, have them as core classes where the theology is. Focused a little bit more on questions of today. see mm, yeah. it, seems like systematic theology is still really focused on questions that we had during the Reformation. Clarify yeah.
0: that a uh, hypostatic union for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's yeah. like definitely need to be solid on that. But so I think uh, it would
2: be it would be it would be nice if the seminary had a little bit more classes uh, that were required instead of so just electives on current questions. i mm. um, doing theology today. Um, so those are my beginning thoughts. How long ago did you finish seminary? 2017 was my last graduation. Okay, so, okay, was that from NETS? No. no. So that was from Southern. Southern Seminary. Okay. Got a, a THM and uh, Hebrew. I thought there. that you
0: were fresher out than that for seminary. So I
2: did NETS, which was more of the mentorship piece. They were Ooh, trying to—they're trying to fill in that gap, bridge the gap between you jumping out of seminary and jumping into ministry, of giving you a time to kind of figure out. Where are your giftings? Is this actually what you want to do? Here's what ministry actually looks like. That's the goal that Nets has. So I did that um, and graduated from that in 2019, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: definitely want to come back and talk about mentorship and like you know <laughs> what that needs to look like, especially on a local church level. Um, but yeah, do you feel like? Well, you seem you seem have had one a positive experience but even now you seem to have a positive assessment of Mm -hmm. its worth and you don't seem to uh, regret it Eric Um,
3: well yeah I I had a bit of a different experience because um, I had I was already going in I was already in college at Valencia College when it was Mm -hmm. a community Mm -hmm. college um, and I had some friends that were Christians and then I eventually had myself become a, a Christian, mm-hmm. Protestant Christian, I suppose. And, um, that was just my focus was on, on mm-hmm. God. And mm-hmm. so they were going to a Bible college. And so I ended up joining them after I had graduated Valencia mm-hmm. college. Uh, so it was. Graduated it, AA, BA? A-A. A-A. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, political science. Nice. Um, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> nothing degree, <to> <laughs> but uh, pre-unemployment. Yes, right. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> that was goodness. great. Um, so going in there, I was also kind of just starting out as a Christian as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So I had like I, I wasn't like really on the same page with a lot of people because they were they had grown up in the church and they were going to go get their degree and then go back to that church and continue on. doing ministry Mm -hmm. i was kind of just trying to find my footing and understand Mm -hmm. everything um but so you know just to start off i would say like uh what was worth it for me were the relationships that i made Mm -hmm. because a lot of those people i'm still friends with and they're they're amazing um and (laughs) thanks eric (laughs) i accept (laughs) but uh even though i didn't go there yeah um but so, yeah, so the, 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 those relationships were great. Um, having a structure to the education you're getting, right? Because mm-hmm. you could self-educate, but this did give you structure. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a lot nicer. And having the experience of being kind of on the same page with everybody else. Like having to go to class and, and being dedicated to, you know, learning the Word and kind of growing mm-hmm. in that. And I think that because of Bible college, I developed better as a young adult mm-hmm. than probably a lot of other young adults mm-hmm. um where so i have problems obviously with it uh and when you ask is it worth it like i don't think it's worth being forty thousand dollars in debt mm. and that's light yeah. compared to a lot of other people mm-hmm. um but that's and that's just college or university in general yeah. in this country it's a scam if you're right um mm. but i i think there are questions to be asked about a christian institution doing that you know mm-hmm. rather than just a worldly institution um like the the moral question of should a christian institution
0: be playing the game that puts young adults in right, mm-hmm. al- right. because mm-hmm. okay.
3: you, know, you know my mind at the time was like the worker is worth his wage or her mm-hmm. wage um mm-hmm. and so like i don't think there's a problem with paying teachers or not the problem is that i'm not technically paying them it was uncle sam Mm. and now i owe money Mm -hmm. it's uncle sam um but then uh it was so i mean i don't know about your seminary and how it worked and Mm -hmm. and your background but Mm -hmm. so for me it was a good thing and i guess but also kind of just a mess it's like i was not part of the uh, movement or denomination that this particular bible college was part of
1: Mm -hmm.
3: so they were the restoration movement. That's right. Yeah. And so I
0: can never remember the name. Right. And so and like, it,
2: <clears throat> that's like what Yeah, I was going to ask what what it, I'm not familiar with the restoration.
3: The restoration <laughs> movement was
0: I know the I know the thing you're probably going to say first, which is the desire was to restore You know, like a a unity and a a unity of orthodoxy. Well, what I was gonna say is like Uh, (laughs) I
2: went a different way. I went to monarchy. The Cavaliers.
3: (laughs) The easiest way for me to know it was like it was supposed to be the Reformation of the Reformed. Yeah. Um, And and it, but theologically, theologically,
0: would you you, uh, put them in the same box as another denomination? Because I always got the impression that it was somewhere between like Baptist and Pentecostal.
3: No, definitely not Pentecostal. Well, in what way would you say Pentecostal? Uh,
0: really, just because a lot of the people that I knew that went there were very uh, gifts oh, no. open to get. I, but yeah, that's what I actually heard is that originally
3: the Restoration Movement was a cessationist. They're still very much cessationist. Okay, mm-hmm. people. So the reason why, like in that college, there were a lot of people who weren't, but that's because they weren't um, it's very the fighter jets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, a lot, the, so the college wasn't, the teachers even had to kind of sign off on the fact that they weren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was, like I said, there's a lot of people that were being uh, accepted into the college that weren't mm-hmm. part of that movement. Mm-hmm. This is where it was kind of a mess because um, for the mentoring, I, I uh, did an internship at a Pentecostal church. Mm-hmm. And I was going to a college that was restoration movement, which Mm -hmm. is is cessationist, Mm -hmm. and I was a Calvinist. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's like, like didn't. So would you say they're more like Baptists? They are Baptists in the fact that they believe in credo baptism. Yeah, credo baptism. Mm -hmm. They're I think a bit different, depending. I don't know uh, to some Baptists because they specifically believe in baptismal regeneration. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, so maybe the...
0: that's what gave me that impression because mm. that's also heavy in the Pentecostal mm. uh, movement. Is that baptism is
2: like baptism of the Holy ba- Spirit?
0: As well, and even oh, like water baptismal, baptismal regeneration, okay. right? So it depends. I know, for,
2: I know for the one the friends that I have that are Pentecostal, their specific is just Holy Spirit okay. baptism, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they'll say they'll. I knew someone that was, you know, like a, was a faithful attending church, served with all her heart, and like to like. Was very evangel- evangelistic at, at work, but would say that she was lost because she hasn't spoken in tongues yet. Which to me was oh, heartbreaking because it's yeah. like it seems like Christ has done a good work in your heart, and she's like, "Well, I haven't, I haven't yet. So I'm just praying that one day yeah. you yeah. might save." I'm like, Phew, "Man, I feel I hurt. Yeah. I Hurt for you. What bondage?" That's a, yeah, that's a very, very yeah. interesting thing. Okay, so your mentorship yeah, was at a Pentecostal church. Yeah, no, I, I
0: derailed it. And <laughs> like, no,
3: but that's <laughs> fine to like try to get background to all mm-hmm. this uh, because that that was one of the things with this particular college in my experience which mm-hmm. was uh kind of made it made it a mess in trying to navigate mm-hmm. things you know um but yeah so like i'm i'm grateful for the relationships i'm of course i'd be grateful even for the education and the mm-hmm. opportunity to do ministry and whatnot um I just don't think it's worth the money that you put into Mm -hmm. it. Um, And just another thing that I would say for now is that there are a lot of people that I know who graduated from there who are not using... Yeah. The degree. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, as <laughs> the chaos ensues outside. Uh yeah. um, road warrior. The road warrior. <laughs> yeah.
2: Full Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder what it must sound like to people who are listening. like, Cause... we're
0: just doing this in the middle of the Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: would, I would love that that they, the mic is not picking up the outside noise at all and it just sounds uh, like we screaming about oh, it does. I've, I've okay. listened through
0: some of it okay because quality. this
3: is just another day at, at Kissimmee yeah at um, his
0: house
3: try Travis's house but yeah um the the money that you put in it and, and the people are not using the degrees mm-hmm. for me just kind of zooming out it's like i think that it's fundamentally flawed mm. with Bible colleges Mm-hmm. or seminaries are trying to do because mm-hmm. uh, there is this disconnect i feel like i mean it depends i mean I, i'll mm-hmm. speak just for my experience there yeah. was there was local churches attached to this mm-hmm. bible college because they're all part of the same movement mm-hmm. if you're not in that movement it feels a lot more uh discombobulated I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so um but it's just like because I had I had thoughts about this as I was thinking about it after graduating it's like why don't we have these teachers in the local churches yeah mm-hmm. you know would be so when, yeah wouldn't that be better mm-hmm. I mean we're paying money f- I mean there was a there was a sports program in mm-hmm. my college um nothing to really boast about it, to be honest I mean it wasn't mm-hmm. you know we're a small college uh, but it's just like and and you know they tried to evangelize with it but it's just like is this really the place to be doing this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. There's a sports program. People are gonna, they're paying for housing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, do we need all mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I did, and I didn't mm-hmm. live on campus, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I was fortunate not to live so close. Mm-hmm. There'd been no point yeah. in mm-hmm. doing that. But
2: I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. those are just some of the thoughts I had coming no, up. it. makes it. sense, especially with, like, for undergrads, that when you come out, of it with a lot of debt piled up. and Yeah. Um, did it also have like a liberal arts side to it or was it just a Bible program? Like, did um, it have the, you know, math, science, literature kind of stuff to it?
3: They were starting to add. So it was always this okay. small Bible college. It eventually got bought out by a bigger Bible college, I guess, mm-hmm. which had more Globo Gym (laughs) Johnson
0: University yeah yeah,
3: Johnson University Mm -hmm. old money you know so Mm -hmm. they bought it out and they had more um, programs like I know they're I haven't looked at what they have now but I know they're trying to start a Mm -hmm. business kind of Mm -hmm. program they they always had an education Mm -hmm. um, but that was also because you know women Mm -hmm. they didn't believe that women are going to Preachers, mm-hmm. or pastoring, or anything like that. Uh, so it's like, but you can learn to be a teacher in mm-hmm. a secular setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, you know, music, music stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there was really anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think so.
2: Mm-hmm. It was
3: just like different ministries. Mm-hmm. I see preaching, um, like youth ministry, yeah, youth ministry, music ministry, missions, and evangelism. Mm-hmm.
0: So this is a college for people who are looking to go into ministry.
3: Right. Very much so. Um,
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll weigh in just kind of very briefly because I feel like my education experience Mm -hmm. and my after-I-graduated experience are totally disconnected. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to a small fundamentalist college because I was from a small fundamentalist uh, denomination, like fundamentalist Baptist and after finishing 3 years i uh planned to just drop out cuz i was like oh well i know i'm going to be a missionary to south america and mm. i've been mm. you know going to south america a lot and uh so i'm just not going to finish and then i was told look you should probably graduate because if churches look at you and they see you start things you don't finish mm. they might mm-hmm. not support you so i was like okay and then i was i took a mm. long uh trip to South America, and it was actually during that time that I became reformed, and so I had to go back, come back to Florida, finish my last year kind of as a fish out of water Mm -hmm. and kind of a social pariah. Mm. Um, I wasn't really able to hang out with people as freely as I had been before because of the social cost of being seen with me, Mm. Um, And Mm. but I I got through my last year. I graduated. It's, It's a small, unaccredited Bible college. Which is definitely a thing I would tell everyone to steer clear of, because it's like at the end of the day, you don't even have like an accredited degree Mm -hmm. to build off of. At Mm -hmm. the end of it,
2: that makes a big difference. Um,
0: But I, even in my last year of being there, I had already come to CCC, which is the church that I'm at now, Mm -hmm. and um, started to plug in there. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I finished my last year, I graduate, and then CCC has this program. Which man, what a It wound up being such a disappointment. Um, Antioch is what it was called. And the whole idea was, hey, instead of taking these young up-and-coming ministers out of their local church setting and sending them to college, uh, why don't we just leave them in their local church setting, have a facilitator, like a qualified person at that church, be the one to train them and mentor them, and they get ministry experience, and they're growing in the context of a local church. Mm -hmm. And it's a great idea, but... I, I don't, like the execution was bad, but it's also something where I'm like, maybe it's not executable, like unless you go to a much, much larger church that has the resources to be able to really uh, back mm-hmm. a an initiative like that. Mm-hmm. And so I saw several people get frustrated after putting a lot of time into it. And so after I had been in it for about a year and a half, two years, I started kind of pulling back with how much I was really pursuing it. And uh, I'm glad that I did instead of just trying to run and push and push and push and maybe eventually I'll get it done because mm-hmm. no one ever graduated from it. Mm-hmm. There's one person at the church who's still technically pursuing it um, and maybe he'll wind up graduating. But, oh man, it's it's mm. like, it's I feel bad when I ask him how it's going. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of just stopped asking him how it's going. Um, but I think it's one of those things that the idea is so great, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think that mentorship is something that a lot of guys wind up lacking, even if they do go to a Bible college or Mm -hmm. or a seminary. And man, the, it's, it's one of those things where I don't regret it, but I wouldn't do it again because I don't regret it because it's the path that led me to where I am now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't do it again. If I could go back, I would go to probably a different, an accredited Bible Mm. college, Um, I would work hard for scholarships, Mm. uh, go to an accredited Bible college, and then just, like, maybe graduate with a degree in uh, psychology, or Mm. um, even if it was something like communications, right? Because you... If you're going to a Bible college and learning psychology, you'll learn psychology in a biblical... um, from a biblical worldview, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you're a lot more employable than someone who mm-hmm. graduates with an unaccredited, you know, ministry degree, which is what mm-hmm. I did, or even an accredited ministry degree, which is mm-hmm. uh, what you did, Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it. I think that seminaries have a really bad reputation for not being able to place people mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. ministry jobs. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think uh uh the the strength that i have is having both experiences of going to an undergrad bible school and then going to seminary Um, and then a mentorship yeah exactly what what would you say nets is was that more mentorship uh there was a lot of it's it's it heavy heavily focused on academics where i feel like it should have leaned in on the practical yeah like let's get you involved let's in the local places. church let's yeah test things out see excite my, me personally i think i feel like that's the best way to do mentorship that's the best way i approach anyone that's like looking you know like yeah. new to the church and looking to get involved in, in saying like what is my gifting how should yeah. i best serve my thing is like start by thinking of it like a buffet try everything yeah see what tastes you know like good to you what the spirit empowers you like encourages your heart not that it's ever like and i also got to be careful when you're evaluating those things because you don't want to say it was tough one day so i'm probably not like no everything even the stuff we're passionate about can get frustrating at all so but try everything and see where you know other people say that this is where your strength lies you feel like you really you have a heart for it you're excited about it um that i think is one of the strengths of a nets like program is to say try out what church planning is like, try out what revitalization, like, what does it look like to serve in the church Mm. and get as much experience as possible and see, is that something you want to do? Is that something you feel like you can do? Um, And having those conversations along the way. But as far as undergrad, I'll say this. um, I was uh, lucky enough that the school I went to mainly was liberal arts and basically Mm. your electives you could put on Bible program. So it was mainly the program was, you know, getting your Basic, you know, you're doing a ton of literature courses, math courses, um, science courses, mm. and then we did advanced some... high school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so re- re-teaching all the things that you you were supposed to have learned <laughs> in high school. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the that snow. you know two hundred years ago we weren't you know teaching in high school. It's just kind of mm, backed up, yeah. from, and now the classics. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's a whole conversation for another time. Oh, like yeah. college has become Home what high school, school. was was Home and was supposed to be. Hmm. Anyway. Um, so my recommendation, I, if I was to go back and do it again, would I be a Bible major? No. at For my undergrad. What would you probably pick? I would probably pick either, I I, I was going to say I wouldn't do it because I would do something that would be useful in the marketplace because you never know how long the trajectory is to be a minister or if you're even called to be a full-time yeah. minister versus a lay minister. Because for me, I feel like, at least for right now, my calling is way more lay ministry mm. than going into vocational ministry. Really? Um, yeah.
0: After having gone to seminary, yeah, and
2: Nets, yeah, um, Nets was what helped me kind of see that. Where I'm like, I want to be a little bit more on the on the sidelines of things, not the not uh, the chief guy that the buck yeah. That goes, I don't I don't at, mean you know? like,
0: uh, like, what? What's the term? CEO, but pastor, lead pastor, sure, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: you know, but but you're saying not even vocational. Not I don't know, that's a hard. One. I don't think I would yet. Okay. I'm not. I can't speak for forever because yeah. I just know where where my where I'm at right now. But I just I
0: look at you, and I'm not just saying this like to flatter you. Like I look at you as such this oh, uh, equipped, um <laughs> uh, like you're such an equipped warrior that it's like mm. I might want you generaling, you know, an army. Well, that's encouraging um, to hear. Well, I, yeah. dude, I mean, you also serve with the youth with mm-hmm. us and i'm like man what kind of youth group has two mm. seminary educated mm-hmm. just volunteer helpers mm-hmm. right because ben went to went mm-hmm. to sem- did he go to seminary i, I know he did like post did, yeah undergrad like i'm uh, not sure exactly where or postgraduate right. linguistics yeah studies. studies so like no I mean, he's he's a guy. no like volunteer run youth group has any business being as stacked mm-hmm. as ours happens to be mm-hmm. and uh but, yeah, that's, but yeah that, that's the first time I've heard you say that, for sure, and that's just really shocking to hear. Not that I'm where, pushing
2: back against it. I think that's where I'm at as far as, uh, like, if I was offered a position, would I take it? I, maybe. Mm. Um, I just feel like, uh, for right now, I really appreciate being the lay minister, being mm. being someone who's trying to get as many, being in as many places at once, um, as I can, uh, yeah so and i don't see that as uh like a native like i'm not using my degree unless i'm being paid to use my degree yeah no, i think no, i've been using it you know for a while so anyway so my thing on, on the question you were asking about what would i have gone into probably an education degree okay or uh um english literature which again nice. that's why i said like get a useful one but then an english literature I'm like that's just as useless as i'm no, just i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> But yeah, probably something like that, because if I was had been board certified to mm. teach, it would have been a lot easier to slip into a career that could have supported the ministry. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's what um, I'm doing. Well, so, that was the
0: idea at first, is like, okay, well, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get this teaching job, and that way I have a full-time job and benefits mm-hmm. while I'm kind of building clout at CCC or maybe networking my way toward a full-time ministry job.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: the more that I've been teaching... And part of it is switching to high school, Um, but it's like, man, I, when people ask me what I want to do, or people ask me like, hey, you know, like you went to Bible college and you're kind of like part-time youth minister here and then teaching, like, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you want to do like as far as full-time ministry? And I'm like, what I want to be doing is making disciples, and Mm -hmm. I feel like I am able to get so deep, so much deeper with the people that I see on a daily basis Mm -hmm. than most pastors or even full-time youth pastors get with their kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a good mm-hmm. place with regard to
2: that. And I think that's such a good point of I think we want what's helpful is when we look at like seminary and Bible school Is the talk is let's get you ready for a pastor position or even like, specifically mm-hmm. like a lead pastor position. I think we need to widen the gates a little bit and say that there is a benefit. We need
0: to To say that, yeah,
2: to say that you could be studying this and doing all this to become a strong, like my my um aspiration, be be a strong lay elder if I wasn't Mm -hmm. on staff, yeah, Um, yeah. And I think that was awesome. What what a big blessing to have for a church to have elders that have theological training and to widen that gate and to say to have some someone that has had some training to be a teacher or in these different roles instead of so hyper focusing to yeah. one type of that's that you know seminary trains you for this so for me though my evaluation is for undergrad I would go with something like a little more useful a little because uh, I think at that level it kind of you're kind of an introduction <clears throat> to things whereas seminary I'm a hundred percent 180 opposite hmm. if you really get going in seminary and they treat you with uh at least the ones that i went because i think the caveat is every school is going to be a little different yeah and they're going to have a different focus in their own issues but i think that uh i in i i did love my undergrad i loved my favorite classes were not bible classes at my undergrad i mm. love my bible classes but so i'm not saying that but i just really enjoyed the uh the liberal arts program when i got to seminary that's where i really fell in love with mm. um uh it was a different feeling.
0: Yeah, probably people treat you differently. They treat you at they treat you like they treat someone who signed up for seminary.
2: Yeah, you know, not mm-hmm.
0: not someone who's
2: like going for a undergraduate mm-hmm. uh, Bible degree. Mm-hmm. But... And there was a lot more interaction of ideas in seminary. Yeah. So you're more of it's more about you developing your stuff. You're becoming the master. Mm-hmm. So you start articulating your view and not necessarily like. Here is a bunch of facts. Now yeah. you would spit those back at me. Seminary was, you know, you know, write your belief statement and defend it, you know, mm. stuff like that. Where it's you're taking the initiative, you're studying, and you're responsible for the material. And it was it was a different type of learning. Mm. I think that's what I really appreciated. Um, so and and the other plus to what Eric was talking about, seminary uh, usually I'm not I can't speak for all of them. At least the ones I went to, miles cheaper than an undergrad mm. program. Wow. Really? Yeah. So they go per credit hour. Um, like if you go to Southern and you're a Southern Baptist, uh, if you go to a, if you have a, if you're at a Southern Baptist church and you go to Southern you get half off tuition automatically. So Whoa, it's like two hundred credit hour. Convert the All right.
0: No wonder they're the largest denomination <laughs> in the United States. And also
2: States. why are they all their new like students half, that go in all of a sudden go to Southern Baptist yeah, churches yeah. and get memberships really quick. It's like Ooh. one
0: half of a Bernie Sanders presidency.
2: You well, know? what's paying what's paying for that is the cooperative program. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the cooperative program in the Southern Baptist, so the Southern Baptist churches they all give money in. To the cooperative program, to the um, Southern Baptist Convention. And so they give... And they decide, because it's they still believe in the autonomy of local church. That's the Baptist distinctive. Yeah. So the local church can decide how much they want to give in. They want to give nothing if they want to give 10% of their offering to the cooperative program. And then the Southern Baptist Convention uses that for the International Mission Board, uh, the North American Mission Board, and then the seminaries. Mm. So when you're using that discount, it's not just like they've halved off. Yeah. It's that their thinking is... Your church is paying them, yeah, so that they can give that. Well, a lot of idea. denominations do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Like PCA, I think, does that as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm also like, well, well, Bacham has this thing where he says he gets offended whenever there's there will be like a young guy in a church who really starts getting into like theology and he starts asking like particular like nuanced, interesting Bible questions. And everyone's like, oh, man, God must be, like, calling you to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And Vodibachum's like, why? Why Why could God not just be calling him to be, like, a stacked uh, father who's, like, going to be mm-hmm. able to lead his his mm-hmm. kids and, and really ground them in, in sound biblical theology? Or why could God not just be leading him to be an elder, you know, to, mm-hmm. to do those sorts of things? And um, that, also back to what Eric was saying, like, if those people who are... I know that they have the degree and so they want to be paid to, to teach all those uh, sorts of things. Um, but if churches had, like, oh, here's this guy, here's Dan who freaking gets biblical Hebrew. And uh, so we're going to have, you know, like every uh, every Saturday night, you know, while we have the service going on over in, in one of the classrooms, anybody who's interested in learning a little bit of biblical Hebrew, you know, enough to kind of get mm-hmm. deeper into the text, um, feel free to meet up with him. And then this other guy, you know, Chris is going to help us, he's going to crawl a group of us through, you know, a systematic theology or, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, the 1689 London Baptist Confession something like that, just to have those sorts of things. Um, I don't even want to call them classes because it just seems like the sorts of things Christians would do. Like mm-hmm. Tim Mackey, um, Bible Project dude, he said once I became saved, like I I went to a church and I signed up for a Hebrew class because that's what I thought mm-hmm. Christians did. It's like, oh yeah, I follow Jesus now. Time to learn some Hebrew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is so funny, but at the same time, like how beneficial for him, like yeah. to have to have just assumed like, okay, well, I want to get deep. I want to get yeah, you know, His heavy story into this.
2: Is- uh, real real interesting in that so he was at a skate park yeah and heard the gospel and got saved at the skate park in 19 and walked next door because the people at the skate park were going to Multnomah um, which was near the seminary that I went to so he walked over Multnomah it's is. a it's a bible so it's an okay, undergrad it. so he it was near the seminary where I was and so they he got saved at a skate park walks over to Multnomah and goes I sign up for Bible classes. Like I feel like I want to. Like all of my friends are doing this, so let me join in and learn. learn all this. Like I thought this was just what you do. Yeah. He's like just walked up and started going to, to that and had no knowledge prior, which I was listening to a that podcast like, about that.
0: Level one Christians aren't supposed to do that. Like, yeah, that's for the special one. Well, I think one of the
2: things that he said was fascinating to me is that he lucked out on that because he got to learn a method that was way more sound than what hmm. a lot of people grow up reading their Bible. Not wrong, but with a with a kind of different framework. It's not helpful. Yeah, so. one of one of uh, my professors call it folk theology. It's just a little piecemeal. It's yeah. not really well Chicken thought out. Chicken soup for the soul type of. Yeah. yeah, and so he said his blessing was that he didn't come through it having to relearn anything. He was learning it all for the first huh. time, and that made a big difference. Um, mm-hmm. You know, learning things like the Bible is unified, whole,
1: mm.
2: and all of it points to Christ. Mm. A lot of uh, like my tradition that I grew up in, I had to relearn that. And I remember sitting in uh, Doctor Miles's biblical uh, theology class, like my heart was burning in my chest. I'm like this is, this makes so much sense, and this yeah. this really feels like the this, where the power be, of the yeah. the word is working. Where versus it was, I've learned it very segmentedly. You know, like you you read about this, and we don't think about anything else yeah. that comes on. And th-
0: there's something to that as far as like taking classes, and you ju- you just feel this excitement of like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm doing the things that I, that my pastors in the past have done, and I'm doing the things that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, great men of God have been doing. It's like I'm, I'm sitting down, and I'm learning the Hebrew alphabet, and mm-hmm. I'm learning, you know, uh, just about Paul's missionaries' journeys in a deeper way than just necessarily reading the book of Acts, but, like, you're talking about the different cultures and everything. And, uh, man, I took a, a manners and customs class, manners mm-hmm. and customs of mm-hmm. Bible times, and I was just in love because I'm learning about, like, ancient agriculture and ancient, like, you know, sheep herding mm-hmm. dialogue and every t- or all those ideas. Like, man, the Bible is just kind of making so much more sense now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even, like, the other thing about going to Bible college that I loved is you're surrounded by Christians, mm-hmm. you know? And he, there's definitely people that, you know, they are not living as close to God as they should be and, mm-hmm. you know... Aren't, aren't we all you know guilty mm-hmm. of that in, at one time or another but just being surrounded by people that like if you stray too far they're going to call you back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like you're going to you're going to learn to watch your mouth and watch your humor a little yeah. bit more than you would if you were just around people who really did not care at all mm-hmm. and you're going to be more Um, like even, even like with sexual purity, like you're, you're going to be more intentional about that type of stuff. And, and it's not like if I went to a regular college, I'd sleep with however many people I could get away with and no one would think that I'm doing anything wrong, Hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. so there are definitely advantages as far as like, it, it almost felt like what I imagine a lot of those communes or like the first century church felt like where, Hey, we're all here on mission. To mm-hmm. equip ourselves to be about the work of God mm-hmm. for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, chapel services, things. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. there was a lot of good to it. So I think I would still go to a Bible college if I had it all to do again. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go for Bible mm-hmm. uh, or ministry. I wish there was just like a general leadership class. Mm-hmm. You know, like, is leadership a degree? Well, there uh, was yeah. a
3: class I took that was about leaders. Just yeah, me leaders. too. Like,
0: there were, there was class, there were, classes on that did you have like spiritual to, like,
3: leadership. Figure out your Love personality. <laughs>
0: <laughs> your leadership style basically. Mm. Uh yeah,
3: leadership style. No,
0: because we weren't into all that. We we're all no. fundamentalists, so anything that was like trendy mm. or, or sexy, we were like, mm. no, this there's, there's probably just one way and we're we're yeah. all stumbling <laughs> yeah. toward that. Yeah. I did but,
2: uh, the when I was doing the Converge Church Planners assessment, they did the find your leadership style and they were like, So here's your leadership style. Biblical. You're a <laughs> you're a you're a follower follower and I was like if you say so. <laughs> you're leadership. <style. laughs> Sorry that joke was too too much I, get, I resist <laughs> <laughs> But you they were like so. like and not, not that you can't be a follower and be a leader I'm like you're saying a lot of words and none of them are making sense to yeah. me. You're
0: just kind of psychologizing your way around mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an inconvenient truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but yeah I think I think that there are, like with anything, there's going to be pros and cons. And I think one of the, to go down the con route, now that I've kind of talked up uh, seminary and education, it's kind of what you were saying, and I think what you both of you guys have been saying is, you know, uh, the, the purpose of this is to exist for the local church. The ac- the the academy does not exist on its own, as, as far yeah. as biblical um, and theological academy. Yeah. That is not supposed to be its own thing. So when it becomes its own thing, that's a little worrying to me. Yeah. Um, I loved Western and I loved Southern. Southern was more focused on being the academy, and Western was like, we only exist for the purpose of the local yeah, church, in some the, way. Yeah. Um, so why, you know, like you were saying, well, should, could we just do some classes, like theology classes at the local church? Ju- yeah, why not? I mean, the academy's only there to help, mm. uh, to help uh, give biblical literacy. Do, do I think that a pastor has to go to seminary to be a pastor? I'm going to say no, but I'm going to follow up on, he must be biblically literate. Yeah. That's my qualification. Yeah. I think seminary is Not an help. office. Yeah. yeah. And I think just knowing how to handle scripture um, and knowing the details of uh, scripture is really, really important. Uh, like, uh, um, you know, hearing people's stories where like, I don't, I, like, I think I know, you know, I know all the Old Testament stories. Like, I know Abraham and Moses, but which one came first? I'm not sure. Yeah, was the Noah was was after Moses, right? Like when you hear yeah. people talk like that, and they're saying, "I'm gonna be a pastor," or "I am yeah. a pastor," that's what worries <clears throat> me. So to me, that's more of my rubric. I think seminary is the best, probably one of the best bets to get there, but I don't think it's the only path. Man, um, I just want to see that you're biblically literate.
0: That's I I would love to have a a you know kind of like how we do roundtables mm-hmm. uh, at CCC. I'd love to have a. Uh, I don't know, maybe on the the first and third Sundays mm-hmm. um, have like a deep dive group and
1: mm-hmm. not
0: even necessarily just with the youth. But it's like, you know, we're going to get into some really deep theology mm-hmm. and maybe even get to the point where you have to do it after church. Like people would stay after church and it would be a, a group where you do get deeper. And, and I'm saying like maybe even have quizzes, things like mm-hmm. that, not for a grade or anything, but just to assess um, like that's, that's one thing that, um, our pastor does at staff meetings. Sometimes is like, he'll, he'll hand out sheets of paper and it'll be like, okay, what are the Beatitudes? Like, mm-hmm. blessed are the blank for blank, you know, for mm-hmm. they will blank. Um, so how many of those can you write down? Um, mm-hmm. how many like, uh, kings of Israel can you list? How many of the mm-hmm. judges can you list? How many, uh, you know, of the apostles can you list? Like all, and just for, for really Basic general knowledge, and the reason he says the reason I do that is because I think there's a lot of other things I could be teaching you and teaching you how to use this app that are that our churches whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I also want to make sure that you're people who are immersed in the Word and mm-hmm. who are who are getting familiar with it. And if I ask you to name as many, you know, Hebrew kings as you can, and you David, and then after thirty more seconds you write Saul, and then you're done. Like, mm-hmm. that's. Mm-hmm. That's not great, you know, especially if you're someone who's wanting to lead, not even Mm -hmm. necessarily just as a pastor, but like as a parent. Mm. You want to be able to offer that to your kids.
3: Um, Mm. Well, so what I would kind of counter with um, is that I think that uh, biblical literacy obviously is important, and I think right Mm -hmm. now the best bet into getting that would be going to a seminary Mm-mm. or a college mm-hmm. because the structure is there mm-hmm. in order to get
0: it yeah um, most churches don't really focus on that right yeah they're too busy with a lot
2: of the yeah. other but it's an exciting time because there's a lot of opportunities are opening up like they're they're putting a Logos has and it's not the cheapest but it's cheaper they have courses that you can take from professors where it's like literally <laughs> anybody wow. can just buy a course on Logos yeah. and watch the videos <laughs> Tim Mackey's doing something to do like a online like you know watch a class on this there's podcasts. Even, there's iTunes, even just so YouTube, yeah. man. Yeah, that's what i, I mean. Like,
0: if, if a pastor curated a list of, like, uh, like you know Ryan Reeves? Um, he's mean, a professor yeah. at Gordon-Conwell, and he has a mm-hmm. whole set of church history classes. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a early church history. He has a medieval and early modern church history, modern church history. Mm-hmm. He has a class just on the Reformation. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, you know, maybe 20 to 30 videos each. Mm-hmm. And they're annotated like they have they have recommended reading at the end of each mm-hmm. class and huh. and yeah. i've watched them just for my own kind of growth and development i'm like man i've learned a lot about yeah. like, the early heresies or i've learned mm-hmm. a lot about you know what this particular movement was about or you know like mm-hmm. lutheran pietism or whatever mm-hmm. and uh if a if a pastor curated a list like here's good hebrew yeah here's good uh church history Here's good systematic, here's mm-hmm. good biblical theology. I mean, even like Bible Project yeah, is a, a massive resource. I do
3: like Bible Project a lot. And,
0: uh, dude, I, like my, my students even, like I uh, mm-hmm. not even just the ones at the church because we use a lot of their stuff, but if you curated a list of that type of stuff and then it was like, okay, um, every Sunday we're going to show up and we're going to have watched the next video in the mm-hmm. church history series and then we're going to kind of chop it up, discuss mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That would be
3: great. So what I was uh, getting at is that um, the the literacy and, and the mm-hmm. understanding, the pretty much it's head knowledge of the scripture. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, like in, in seminary and mm-hmm. in Bible college, it's available. But like you were just saying, it's a good point that that's becoming more and more readily available. Yeah. So I see an increase in that. You don't
0: have to be thousands yeah. and thousands of dollars a day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Uh, but where I, I don't see this exponential growth in is mm. the other parts that you were saying that mm-hmm. you don't get in, well, at least I didn't get into Bible college and, mm-hmm. and maybe seminary. I don't know. I don't know if seminary is really going to be any different, but mm-hmm. it has to, it comes down to the mentoring mm-hmm. but, and, I, and I say mentoring, but you know, it's pretty much everything else. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at, at qualities that, that need to be there for, if you want to talk about leadership or not leadership just as a Christian. Um, uh, it was, it's not necessarily the focus of, of, of a seminary or mm-hmm. Bible college because how, what is structured there, what's, what's there as an institution is really to, to learn mm-hmm. theology. Yeah. yeah. Theology and, yeah. and all that stuff. So, oh, sorry. Uh, we it seems there's a lack of that even in, in obviously in the local church mm-hmm. setting. Um, and so it's like, I see that there's, seems to be, more and more uh, a solution to the to the illiterate pastor. Mm-hmm. Let's just use that mm-hmm. as an example. But you know you got to go yeah, out there and, and find it and look for it and, mm-hmm. and, and get it right. So there's that also. Like the mm-hmm. person needs to go out there and get it. But they're available. It's <clears throat> available out there. Oh, but yeah. what's available for the person who isn't the illiterate pastor is the literate pastor that yeah. doesn't know
2: how to pastor. Yeah, you know? that's. That is a great point because I think it's less worrying to me to see a pastor that's um, biblically illiterate because there's so many opportunities and so many ways to fix that. And you can fix it quickly, but mentoring is a lot harder of a thing to do uh, and to get at. And uh, that, I think, is one of the things that we're, we're weak on. That when you say that it's not there in the local church, it should be. And in my view, it that's where you should get it from. Right, from yeah. the local church, not from, you know, I'm going to go to this para organization we're all going to talk about. It's, mentoring to me is walking alongside someone um, with experience yeah. who's pouring into you. Well, you're both doing the job. That's my that's my definition right. of mentoring. Yeah. You're no, both yeah. working yeah. the apprenticeship yeah. model. And yeah. my what is, big, what my is it first... Like,
0: uh, watch, uh, you watch while I'm doing, mm-hmm. you do while I'm doing, yeah. you do uh, while I'm, I'm watching, Exactly, and then you... Take over. I don't know. You, and <laughs> I, then, I, I... Here's the, yeah. here's the
2: next step, here's the next step, and then you get someone to watch while you're doing. And Yeah, yeah do exactly,
0: and, yeah, it's a self-replicating Exactly, system. so... And that's something that, man, so I, I wanna, I'm, I'm game to talk for a while about, uh, you know, just kind of agreeing mm-hmm. that this is a weakness, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, okay, what do I need to be doing? I mean, yeah. you know, we're all, we're all theologically equipped men in our thirties. Like mm-hmm. what should we be doing mm-hmm. so that there's not some 20 year old who yeah. will look at us with disdain mm. and be like, he knows that I'm looking for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, looking to, to move forward and to, you know, get into ministry. Like, why mm-hmm. is he not doing anything for mm-hmm. me? Cause I, I know that that's been a problem for me. Um, mm-hmm. Last time I really consider myself to have had a mentor, I was twenty twenty one. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a I got a part time youth pastor gig when I was nineteen years old, mm-hmm. which is really irresponsible of that church to have hired me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they hired me at nineteen. I was there until I was twenty one, and the pastor of that church, great dude, mm-hmm. um, just loved him. I stayed at his house like with, with him and his wife several nights. And like we would go out and do like nursing home ministry together. I would get an opportunity to preach. We would hang out. We'd go out for lunch. And uh, just that kind of um, by-the-way, like walking by-the-way, um, with being alongside of him, I grew a lot mm. in that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I've ever had anyone
2: like that since then. Mm. Yeah, and... my, my immediate... Sorry if I jumped. No, no, no. I was, I was done. My immediate... Uh, solution to that of what needs to be done uh, is to go and find an elder and say, "Hey, help me out." To take that impetus and be into say, like I think of the, and I think of it like just keep pestering them until they give you something, some some good nugget. Because I think of like the what is it the. Woman the and Luke, the woman in oh. Luke that's knocking, give me justice, give me justice, oh, like knocking on yeah. the door of the judge. Give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. And then all it, right. says, it says, all not right, not because
0: I'm a just judge, but because you yeah, won't stop hiring me. me yeah. And I think that
2: what's weird about that one is that that's Jesus is likening God to that, that if you pester, it's a weird Well, he's thing. saying
0: if even that judge he's, who doesn't do respect good or evil or mm-hmm. what is it like? Though I, yeah, yeah. Though I respect not it. good and evil, like yet because you just continually bother it, and he's like, how "Well, when you're if prayed. that's the mm-hmm. case with that, then your father who's in heaven, yeah. how much will he not?"
3: Well, so, but it's almost like Jesus saying, "Go bother God."
2: Yeah. It's So weird. Which I think is because I feel the I, opposite. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think the weird thing to me is, I think that all boils down to the fact that we don't have a, we we understand prayer, but we don't get it in our hearts. Because the God of the universe who fashioned everything together, holds it, sustains it by the power, the furnace of creation that has woven the universe together through his wisdom says, I will listen to any time you want to talk to me and I will hear it and I will pay attention to it and I will do according to what's good. What's amazing to me is that we need to be reminded to pray. Yeah. Like we're given a, we're given basically the phone to the White House, but this is someone more powerful than that. Like if we had that, we'd be calling all the time. Yeah. Um, or in pizza. No. Yeah, it's just the weird thing is like that we ever stop praying to me. I think it's just yeah. we, we're naturally forgetful of the amazing gift that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Well,
3: I didn't know if you were finished with your point with the elder.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's a big piece of it. And I think to me, uh, one of my weaknesses is the proactive Hestering? proactive leadership yeah. that I kind of just I'll sit back in a room and whoever wants to take over, I kind of just allow to take over. Mm. And that's one of the things I'm trying to grow in is to being the leader who comes in and is like, all right, let's go for it. Mm. Let me let me take the reins on this. And I think one of the ways that God uses to grow that is that no one's coming to you and saying, hey, I'm going to help you along, I'm going to help you along. You show your leadership qualities by going to them and saying, hey, I want to do this, can you yeah. help me?
0: There, um, there was a guy at our church um, years ago that was very much like that. Mm-hmm. And he had more success mm-hmm. with uh, with getting time Mm -hmm. um out of these guys uh i mean eventually he wound up even kind of you know he stepped out he he took a position somewhere else Mm -hmm. um and i don't see him that frequently but Mm -hmm. uh man it's oh man it is gonna be too sappy but it's like it's almost like you're a son and it's like you'd you'd like to not have to pester your dad to take mm-hmm. you fishing. Mm-hmm. You'd like for him to be like, "Hey, Saturday mornings, like let's let's just set it aside Saturday morning so that we can go fishing." And in the meantime, it's like you know, dad is so busy with all these other things mm-hmm. that uh, you know he
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you really do have to pester him. But the idea yeah. is, you know, if you pester him, he takes you out. You make memories and like mm-hmm. you know, you catch some fish. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I I really like. I know you can get in trouble these days for being for speaking favorably about anything John MacArthur says. But John MacArthur, he said, when he went to his church, he goes, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to preach the word and I'm going to develop leaders. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm going to do. And if Mm -hmm. you want to have, you know, church picnics, and if you want to have a women's ministry, and if you want to have, you know, Wednesday night Mm -hmm. prayer gatherings, and if you want to have like a a homeless outreach, if you like, if you want to have whatever, I will try to be building enough leaders that we will be able to equip those different ministries. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to be the guy to do them. Like, I'm not even going to do, I'm not going to do marital Mm -hmm. counseling. I'm not going to do, like, all those things. My job is going to be preaching the word Mm -hmm. and then developing leaders so that hopefully we have enough people who can uh, plug into all those roles and and help um, serve in all those different uh, capacities. Mm -hmm. And, I mean... Look at him now where it's like, OK, they have a seminary. They mm-hmm. have a, a really um, stacked group of guys mm-hmm. who are able to lead the seminary even and who are able to lead the, um, you know, different different ministries and mm-hmm. host conferences and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like that I, I do want to take that philosophy with me. Yeah. Even like with Pursuit. I'd love to not be doing music anymore. <laughs> but for Steve, I'd love if someone took that off my hands. But And I'll do it as long as I'm the only one who's really mm-hmm. willing and able. But if I could just be teaching and pouring into my leaders, mm-hmm. I'd do yeah. that. Because even now, I don't go to the small groups, typically. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll sit in. But I trust you guys to, to run the small groups well, and I don't even go to those. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm back at work preparing, you know, doing some correspondence maybe, but also just preparing the next week's. Mm-hmm. Word, you know, the next mm-hmm. week's lesson.
1: Mm.
0: So I try to implement that now, but mm-hmm. doesn't really. I'm too small time, I guess. Right mm. now, <laughs> part time. <laughs> mm.
3: Um, I th- you know, like I do have my own experience with with mentoring, which mm-hmm. didn't turn out t- too well. Mm-hmm. I think that it's good to uh, to be proactive, but I think there's just, and I'm not going to say this is of every church, Mm -hmm. right? I just think some churches, it's it's weird. I've been to a lot of churches, so I've seen because of different denominations and everything, Mm -hmm. uh, things work, I guess, a little differently. But Mm -hmm. um, it's like if the focus of the church is not in the right place, I don't Mm -hmm. think mentoring will be available. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, And So it's like... Where do you think the... Focus of many churches is that's wrong. I think I know where you're going, and I'm I'm with you. But
3: well, yeah, I mean it depends. Like, so uh, if you go to kind of, I mean, I would call a mega church, but these churches Mm. that are all about production—that's obviously where the focus is Mm -hmm. on. Fog machines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Really, that's not an exaggeration. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just so sad. Um, But uh, so yeah, so there's there's just just where the focus on a lot of churches are. Mm -hmm. It could be production value, how shiny and, and mm-hmm. new do we look the presentation yeah. mm-hmm. presentation or um i don't know money it could just it could just be different kinds of things mm-hmm. I, I i'm not going to just say one thing but it's just like that to me is is just a weak point mm-hmm. i think mentoring is a weak point and so mm-hmm. it's like it really counteracts any good or benefit that a seminary college mm-hmm. could have
1: because
3: mm-hmm. uh, you need all of that yeah um and I would, I mean, it would, it would be great to have, like, because I understand exactly you put it kind of in familial terms, mm-hmm. terms where, you know, a father and a son is mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, you know, imagine having uh, an older guy
2: mm-hmm.
3: wanting to invest in you. Know, like that's,
2: mm-hmm. I, that's worth his weight in gold.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really you is. Feel, it feels it really like, is. wow. You know? mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not, unfortunately, that's not how it's, how it's always working out. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't know if maybe seminary is. Inadvertently building that kind of culture mm. because it's like oh, yeah. here's the focus on degrees yeah. and the head mm-hmm. knowledge and there's nothing
2: yeah or that once you graduate you're ready to go and i'm, right. like, I'm not fully cooked yet yeah oh come on god like i'm yeah. not you know uh so that's why for me that's the it's the i want to run to whoever i can to kind of, and my view is it, less like you know going pestering dad for fishing and more of when I'm at work and I don't know the answer, I'm going to my supervisor and I'm like, how do I do this? Because right. mm. I don't know how this, this specific, they have a problem with the way that outlets are reporting, the retail outlets are reporting. And I don't know how to fix it. How do I fix it? I need to fix it mm. to do my job. And that's my thought of oh. it. I'm going to go bother them because I need to do my job. Mm. And they're the ones that are going to help have the information. So I'm going to go to them and say, hey, how, how do I do my job here? How do mm. I how do I do this? Yeah, you know, You've know, you said this would be great for you to do. Well, how, how would I do that? Should I do here should I do there? And it's not supposed to be that way. So I'm I'm fully going to your point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're, what we're dealing is, you know, it should be that they're watching and they're raising leaders like you're talking about. But we're dealing with what is, yeah. You know, yeah. And how can yeah. we? How should can we, land. Yeah. Because you don't want to you don't want to yeah. sit too long and then well it should be this and it's like well let's go fix yeah. it, um you know and, uh, and I think we're part of the solution too. Like what you were saying is, mm. I, I want to make sure that I'm keeping my eyes open and saying who can I mentor, who mm. can I do the biggest thing for my heart to get over to be able to do that because I want to mentor others is just the feeling of like, well, I'm not worthy. I don't know that much mm. getting over that is a big hurdle. Cause that's the reason why I'm hesitant to mentor. I'm like, well, I don't think mm. I'm that great or that knowledgeable, but to like these students at pursuit, I have something to offer them. Cause I'm at least, I'm at least know I'm wiser than they are. I might know you're the <laughs> right? wisest person. That's but the great
0: thing about working with kids. It's yeah. Like, you're the smartest guy in the room, man. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> like they're all dumb. Like I go in, I go into a lot of, a lot of rooms. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if I'm really even qualified or that wise. I go into the group of middle schoolers and I'm like, "Okay, you guys have stuff to learn from me." Let yeah. me t- I'm just yeah. So Dan, you're saying
0: you're saying like, you know, if you're a teacher, you just have to be a couple of lessons ahead yeah. of the kids and it's like you don't have to be that much smarter than or there's a there's a John Green quote. It's I think it's in one of his books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I use it all the time with my students when they try to catch me on stuff and I'm usually right. And so I'm usually able to be like, eh, you thought, you thought you were being slick, but, like, actually, I was talking about this other thing or whatever. And I always say, you're smart, kid, but I've been smart longer. <laughs> you know? And it's like, don't... And I also, I just say, of course I'm smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Don't you hope that when you're 30, you're mm-hmm. smarter than all the 15-year-olds you yeah, meet? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. so it's like, this is just a function of time. And, I, and And I also don't antagonize my kids, so I don't think they get... They don't get this impression that I'm, like... One, they don't get an impression that I'm insecure about whether or not they judge me. I think that's incredibly important, um, is to just not care if they think you're cool. But uh, the other thing is just, they know that I'm on their side. They know that I'm trying to turn them into a better, you know, 17-year-old than they are now at 16, or, or mm. you know, whatever ages they are.
1: Mm-hmm. So, hopefully mm. they think that. Mm. Uh, yeah.
0: But, yeah, when it when it comes to mentorship, like... Like, I even have I have one student that I'm thinking of in particular who he's wanting to go into ministry. And uh, I've even told him, I think you should not get your undergrad in mm-hmm. ministry. You know, I've, I've told him that. He's he's a senior now, so he's thinking more intentionally about these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, man, if I was full-time, if I was just full-time, one job, I'd love to, to surround myself with a group of young men who are, are looking to, to lead, you know, mm-hmm. because... One thing coming out of fundamentalism, it's like when I was when I was the youth pastor at that church, you know, I had my pastor and I would tag along with him everywhere, you know, to different, um, you know, like missions meetings or or those sorts of things, Uh, even like youth assemblies, youth uh, meetings. And then you'd show up and you'd see all the pastors Mm -hmm. and like all of the pastors would have one or two young men next to them. Mm. And that not necessarily right next to him, but Mm -hmm. it's like if you thought of this church, you thought, okay, that's the pastor. And that's the, you know, even even kid, like maybe even this is a 16 year old or whatever. But like this is a kid that's already being vested with some responsibility. Maybe he's giving devotions, things Mm -hmm. like that. So he's getting comfortable speaking in front of people. Like Mm -hmm. I started speaking in front of people when I was 14. And uh, I when I actually had a guy last night. Ask me because he said he's taking a public speaking class and he said he asked if I got nervous and I was like well I'm a teacher so not really <laughs> and he goes well what did you do to get over it And I'm like well I just I just was really bad at it for a long time and then slowly you get mm-hmm. you know a little better mm-hmm. but not having those opportunities is mm-hmm. uh, a detriment for sure mm-hmm. and the fact that I get to teach you know now a lot mm-hmm. definitely helps
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to like, uh, keep going on the positive side, but, <laughs> but That's not I, too or like true. the, like, like the devil's advocate kind of thing. Um, but I think that one of the, one of the reasons, and it's not that it's okay for this cause mentoring should be there, but I think one of the reasons that it isn't as I'm thinking through it is when you get to peek behind the curtain and practice what it is to be a full-time pastor, it's an exhausting, like I, you know, I thought was well, like, Oh, this would be great. You know, I do a couple, I meet with a couple people over lunch. I, you know, read yeah. some books, I'm good. It's an exhausting There's, schedule. like, budget meetings, and, they, like, and they want you to choose the, yeah. you know, light bulbs. And I think something like we that we don't give, give, give credit for, at least that I give mad respect for my friends that uh, were in the NETS program with me and are now pastoring churches and preaching every week is that, you know, the discipline of writing a sermon in one week and preparing it and presenting it. If you think about that, like, Think about anyone that writes and all. You're start you're not only starting uh, a, a draft to write a paper, mm-hmm. but you're first having to do all the research in a day, then yeah. write a paper, then edit it, then practice it, and then present it mm. all within a week. And that's just your preaching, which yeah. a lot of pastors they're doing that along with every other job in the church, especially <clears> like church planners where they're the one guy. Yeah. So I can yeah, see that's, I can see that's tough. I can see that part of it is just the urgency of the moment that mentorship slips to the back of your brain because, well, you've got to get a sermon. One of the mm-hmm. things that one of my mentors said is, it doesn't matter how good you think the sermon is. It doesn't matter if you don't feel like it's ready. You have a deadline. It doesn't matter if your car breaks down. At Sunday morning, you've yeah. got a sermon to preach. That's yeah. that's not shifting. They're expecting you to bring something. You can't You can't drop that deadline. So that becomes an urgent thing, and that happens every single week. For these pastors. That's one of the reasons why. One of the things I want to do is pulpit supply, is mm. for the ch- for the churches where there's one pastor. He's doing it every single week to be like, hey, have a t- have a week off, yeah. take a breather. Maybe go find someone to mentor. You know, like yeah. Uh so I can see that that is part of the reason why I could I could see mentorship getting pushed to the back burner of yeah. you know you've got a thousand things in your mind. How long would you say it should take a pastor?
0: to put together a, let's say, uh, a 40-minute sermon. A 40-minute sermon? Because I feel like that's about how long we have at our church, right?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. As far as, like, the research, the writing, all all of it, start to finish? From concept to execution. So, I don't have a full solid time where it's like, this is... Because I don't... I know that in the past, like some of my preaching professors talked about how, you know, if, you, if, you're, if your pastor isn't putting 20 to 25 hours in a week on a sermon, that's not a good sermon. I kind of... Nah. I kind of reject 25 that. 25 hours,
0: most of a I, solid work week. Yeah,
2: I mean, I and know... And you're talking to no one. Yeah. <laughs> you're interacting I, with no to one. To bring up MacArthur again, he spends 40 hours a week on his sermons. Because he's doing nothing else. That's huh. his, his job is preaching. He sees it as preaching. He's not doing anything other than wow. preaching uh, so i know pastors that have done 40 hours a week on sermons i would say on the my weakness is the research piece i told this to chris when we were talking about he was like um chris the pastor at uh, celebration uh when he was asking like what do what do you like to do or i'm like oh, i'm not a studious person i thought i was going to be a professor but i don't like to sit and read for eight hours a day mm-hmm. much less every single day of the week you're, you're studying and studying yeah. and studying and teaching on the side and i said even when i was writing sermons." I, I'm not the guy that's reading 50 commentaries I'm like, I'll read yeah. two or three I'll kind of get to what I feel like the text is saying Most of what and you're working with is the text yeah. yeah, and I think there's a There's a level to which more Study can hurt I want to be careful on how I say this Because I never want to say that study is a bad thing No, I get thing. what you mean It can hurt because if you aren't grasping The text, if you're not getting the flow of the text You're missing something So one of the uh, from one of my friends talked about how if it takes you hours and hours just to get what a text is saying, or and it's just a couple words that you're really like chop into pieces, mm. you're not seeing the cohesion. Mm. You're not seeing the flow of the argument. There's, you know, like for Paul, he's writing letters, and that letter has a point that he's telling yeah. his congregation to. You're not not every single word is a different thing. Yeah, it's, you're not grasping the flow. So being able to summarize is an important skill. But I think as far as the the mental Process of thinking about application and how to say things and re re doing it all in your mind. For me, that is as much time as I can give it until I preach. Like I'm yeah. I'm gonna chew on it. So you're not like
0: it like if if maybe another way of wording it is if you had to prepare a sermon. Like let's say this Sunday they say hey you're mm-hmm. you're preaching next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much time would you try to block out? But you're you're saying just any extra t- like mm-hmm. there'd be a giant chunk of time i want to give it but even beyond that i just want to throw as much extra time at this as i could
2: yeah for me and are you a manuscript guy i am okay um i am i i'm not like i'm gonna stick to word for word Mm -hmm. because presentation is very important um but i think manuscript can be a big help because you're thinking through what you're gonna say Mm. and it's helping you in your mind think through what you're going to and how and it helps you see the entire argument you're gonna make yeah so I think a lot of the one of the weaknesses with outlining is you're kind of making these punctuated points instead yeah. of flowing. then I'll talk about
0: this for a while, then I'll talk about exactly. this for a while.
2: It's yeah. segmented and instead of flowing in one uh, crystallized point, which is the way I was predominantly trained, was find that gem of what your sermon's about that and then just yeah, you just kinda of turn it around as you preach. The pearl. Um but yeah, as far as study, I think from I'll take a couple hours in the original language. I try to do that um, as best I can. Um, then I'm going to take. If I had a whole week to do it, and that was my, my job, mm-hmm. I would probably try to shoot for maybe like five, six hours in commentaries, trying, and, and other study and all that. And then once I get what the text, I feel like I have a good grammatical historical, I'm going to completely switch and just think application there was someone that said that like 50% of your time in sermon prep should be on focus on application. That should be the question. You're I, of. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to think, and I'm going to pray fervently of what, you know, what is Christ? What do you want this? What, it, how is this text? What do you want to say to this congregation? Mm. To these people this time when I was preaching in Vermont, I'd be like, what, how is, how is what Paul is saying to the Romans? Like Lord Jesus, what are you wanting to say to the people of Vermont in mm. this area yeah. in Randolph at this, at time? this time? Yeah. Um, And that's kind of where I'm chewing on and then kind of re-editing. And I don't stop that until I get up to the pulpit. Hmm. So I might uh, be pushing things around in my mind until I step Hmm. up on the stage. I can tend to want to do a little bit, not more prep, but I like to have more time. I get really panicked when it's just the week. That's one of the reasons why I don't think I would ever be the lead main preaching pastor. Hmm. I love preaching, but I like to have a month or two in between Hmm. where I can kind of do a lot of prep and do a lot of stuff like that versus all do it in one week where my anxiety kicks in That's anxiety has always been a struggle of mine mm. so that kicks in and that becomes a distraction versus mm. a help where I'm freaked out because I have a short short amount of time and it's like well it doesn't matter you can focus on the reading I'm like no I'm freaking <laughs> out because it's a short amount of time it's like well that was an hour you wasted freaking out you could have been reading I'm like yeah I know but it felt worth it so mm. that's, that's my view on, on preaching
0: as far as mentorship that is something that I wish was Kind of done more was just even giving opportunities to preach and be assessed I know that they, I think they've done it once in the whole time that I've been there but I wasn't able to go because I was actually out on a retreat with the youth mm-hmm. um, but mm. I think that's that's something that I actually do remember quite fondly about uh Bible college is my public speaking class and having to preach and having a guy in the back like a older preacher in the back with a pen like looking at me with a furrowed brow you know and and kind of like reacting mm-hmm. anytime i would say uh
2: or um he'd make a tick mark and mm-hmm. like you get points off at the end for that type of mm-hmm. stuff but well can i throw this question out there are, are is preaching something that both of you guys would want more practice in like more opportunity not not necessarily in front of the church just practicing this school. i feel like i get a lot well you do have with the... I
0: feel like on Wednesday night what I'm doing is really preaching. Even though we call it a lesson, I prepare it like I would prepare yeah. a sermon. Um, definitely, I don't put as much time into it as I would mm-hmm. like to put into a sermon because I also work this you know, full-time job mm-hmm. uh, on the side. Yeah, time is... But uh, I would say, yeah, I'm I'm good. And also I teach, so I feel like I'm talking all the time. That's fair. But
3: I mean, I would, I haven't really preached or prod uh, in, a, in a, quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that, yeah, I wouldn't mind uh, mm-hmm. doing, but I've also kind of, my, the way of think about preaching is, is a bit different, I think. Mm-hmm. Or it's, it's kind of in flux right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. than it was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in college, what, was
2: there a follow-up? Well, I, I was going to throw the idea out of there was something that I did uh, back in uh, my church in southern Indiana that I think is a really hugely valuable thing. When you're talking about, and this all kind of fits into the whole mentoring piece of how do we fix fill the gaps is we want people who are feeling like they want to preach, they don't have a preaching position mm-hmm. yet, let's practice. So that the whole point was what we would do is get together uh, like uh, once a month, or like every every other yeah. other month, or something like, like really infrequently, and we'd all preach a sermon and listen to each other's sermons. Um, and I'm like, that's not a hard thing to get together. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it would be cool to have like the elders there to talk about and evaluate. But even if it, I think it's valuable if it was just like you know, if we all we could evaluate that, each other. Yeah, there's there's good yeah. input. We wouldn't yeah. have some of the and the practice that is really have, but... really helpful just to get yeah. up there. So it would be a thing like you know, we'll choose a text, go through it. Pre, you know yeah. each of us will preach and then what i would push to do because i think this is was the most helpful model because with evaluation it, it can be fuzzy or it can be vicious mm. and imbalanced so my thing uh, i think and i got this from my one of my preaching professors that i thought was great is that there's a push to what was the what are the pot everybody has to share a positive like everybody has to share a positive, positive everybody has to share a critique mm. and a critique not like a negative of a you know i just wasn't interested in that but like an actual yeah. like this of is the something delivery, yeah. that you had you had to say the critique in such a way that it's like this is how you could do it better yeah or this is what constructive you should yeah constructive.
3: um in college i in in the bible college so it was it was a bit different for me because I took a public speaking class mm-hmm. in, in Valencia, mm-hmm. a secular college mm-hmm. and uh, that was more of like you know public speaking and doing speeches mm-hmm. and whatnot and uh but that's a bit different than preaching
2: mm-hmm.
3: but it, it counted <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> uh there was two classes of preaching and one was preaching for the pulpit, and the other one was arts of preaching mm-hmm. well i wasn't going to do pre- pre- pretty much a public speaking class again mm-hmm. that i already had credit for so i jumped into art art of arts of preaching where it's you... like
0: interpretive dance <laughs> <laughs> it's not
3: it's not like that it's uh just different styles you do different okay. styles so you do a narrative mm-hmm. you will do uh expository expository uh but uh i'm trying to think what was the, i think it was didactic and mm-hmm. then there was pragmatic prophetic yeah. not prophetic no yeah. really
0: that actually is considered one of the topics of preaching in the the well the antioch actually the curriculum and it's not mm-hmm. like you're prophesying you know New things, oh. but it's like here is a timely message that specifically deals with oh. like uh, you know if if the the week after the George Floyd thing, right. I think we did something like that. Mm. CC where it's like okay, we got to talk about this. Like uh, it, you, we're going to put mm-hmm. our regular
2: series on pause, mm-hmm. and we're going to address this type of stuff. The Puritans so. used to call all preaching prophesying. Yeah, but they meant it as in like the quote closest equivalent of Old Testament prophets are preachers. Yeah. Because most of what old Testament prophecy is is less here's what's happening in the future. That happens that does Sometimes, happen. Yeah. But it's mostly so here is the law of God, the word of God, and here's how it applies to your situation. You guys yeah. are violating the law of God. If you obey it like it says, here's yeah. what's good. And they'll and they're doing that. Yeah. Which is what preaching is. The word of God says this, do it. The word of God says this. You're not doing it, that's bad. Like that's yeah. mostly what it boils down to. Yeah. So Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> See, this is an interesting conversation, but it's it's it would we would be derailing. Um, but just to to go off the preaching, like um, it was very difficult me difficult for me at first. Uh, I remember the first sermon that I had to do was pretty much an expository, and mm-hmm. I I didn't even do it because um, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I froze. Mm-hmm. It was so up there. No, 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 no. Oh. I couldn't even come the next day. To do it because i didn't have a sermon i literally mm. was like stuck for hours huh. trying to figure out what it was that i was supposed to do did they give you a
0: topic or a text or anything
3: i was supposed to find the text and have a big idea so i went to hebrews uh not hebrews yes hebrews 11 and talking about faith mm-hmm. but you know i was like was my the... first sermon really it was on faith
0: yeah uh i think it was from uh ephesians 2 8 and 9
1: though oh okay Mm
3: -hmm. So this was kind of explaining what faith was. And and I was like, well, what's the big, big idea? What's the, what's the topic here? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's the big idea. And then there's like these points and then you have to kind of, and I think it was the way they did it, the way they broke it down to this science that I just could not get. I didn't understand. I ended up doing it, but at like the end of the class after having figured out what was going on, Mm -hmm. because this was so different. So like, uh, before I even took this class, there was also this, I forgot about another, it wasn't a preaching class. It was i don't even remember what it was called but it was for pastors like those who Mm -hmm. were going into pastoral ministry and there was a part of it where we had to do a sermon well all i had a background was kind of doing public public Mm -hmm. speaking so that's what i put in and my my sermon was more of a speech Mm -hmm. than it was what they would consider a sermon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i had to get critiqued like that and Mm -hmm. and i was like well this is completely different um and then going into art of arts of preaching it was it was Mm -hmm. like that and so it was like a baptism by fire because Mm -hmm. i had to figure out the formula i think that's what really messed me up was like Mm -hmm. this formula when i then later on i figured out like that's not how Mm -hmm. this is gonna work Mm -hmm. um but but like manuscript no manuscript tell it Mm -hmm. like it's a story all Mm -hmm. the stuff i had to learn and uh that that was interesting Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. an interesting way to to learn things like uh, with pragmatic it's it's uh, we actually learned a lot from Rick Warren because he's very much pragmatic mm-hmm. and it was the whole question of yes but how right mm-hmm. you can make a point but yeah okay yes but how yes mm-hmm. I should
0: like yes I should do this but how like what would it look like yeah like okay, uh, gotcha.
3: you agree with the point but it's yeah. like okay how does it look like mm-hmm. yeah um, so and that was very interesting. we kind yeah, of talked about my public
0: speaking or preaching professor would say well so what yeah. yeah you told me all this stuff but so what like mm-hmm. what do i do now right mm-hmm. and
3: like how important is pragmatic versus something that's just expository just mm-hmm. explaining mm-hmm. what scripture was so mm-hmm. th- th- that's been interesting um mm-hmm. but like i said i'm kind of how important i feel like or i, I want to say how important but like the way we think about it because you were talking about like a like the way we do sermons and i'm like oh this is um bringing back to bible college and it's like but in the in the real world I don't know if that's that that necessarily really mm. relates mm-hmm. you know um, I think what's beneficial about when you learn how to do a sermon is organizing your thoughts mm-hmm. uh, as I was saying <laughs> it's, it's just gonna be I don't know the last word I was saying but um the, the way so like I don't know if we sometimes rely too heavily on the preaching aspect, again, mm. you know, um, and I think it's all really finding a balance. But like, you're, you know, just go back like uh, 25 hours is not enough in a sermon. And it's like, why are you putting so much time mm. into something, first of all, mm-hmm. is already said. And your job is just to take (laughs) what's said, Mm -hmm. say it again, Mm -hmm. but maybe in a way that makes more sense to to your Mm -hmm. context, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, I think 25 hours is way too long. Mm. Uh, I mean, me too. Yeah, it's just like, it just also depends. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I mean, what do we, what do we, if you're doing a seminar, like Mm -hmm. if you're doing like teaching, you want to go really in depth, okay, Mm -hmm. I totally get that. But it's a sermon on a Sunday their attention span is probably seven minutes Mm -hmm. you know make it count Mm
1: -hmm. and
3: it's okay if you don't if if you had a sermon that was only 15 minutes that's okay as long as the 15 minutes it like actually Mm -hmm. counted Mm -hmm. you know what i mean oh that
2: makes sense um it's it's as
0: long as the people were engaged and you were telling them things that matter
3: yeah Mm -hmm. sometimes you feed feed people Mm and you know these snack sizes
2: because there's no divine time on how long a sermon should be right and I was worried about like not preaching because I came from uh, uh, where I was trained in preaching with, with nets. The sermons there would go for close to an hour. Yeah. It was the old like Puritan style, you know, where they yeah. were long, lengthy um, expositions of the text. So they're going with the whole flow of it. And then like one of my preaching uh, mentors, who is an amazing guy, like very very gifted preaching, but he would do the whole. He's going to walk you through the whole text, and then he's going to spend half the time on application like the old that was the old pure monologue um, explanation and application but that application section could be a half hour of him talking about how it works itself out Hmm. so it kind of that that takes a lot more of that time to put in to get there um so yeah so that's that kind of is uh the background but i one of the great things is i was always worried i'm like i don't think i'm going to be able to preach that long i'm like i don't think i could ever preach for an hour and that um that uh um, preaching mentor of mine, who I was telling that to, he's like, well, "I'm worried if I'm a little bit too short." He says, "Well," he's a guy from Kentucky, and he Hampshire, mm-hmm. great acts. He's like, "Well, let me tell you this: no one's ever going to apologize for you, or no, no one's ever going to be upset that oh, your sermon yeah. was too short." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing that, and this goes right to your point of, you know, how long should we be spending on this? Are we spending too much time? Because I think all of us in that group are a little bit more perfectionist, so like we want to make sure it's all this yeah. and this, and we realize that it's the Spirit that does the work anyway. Right. So it's not like we're going to. Win people by the by the precision of yeah. our words. We you want to be as clear as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was the that was the two things that stuck out. Is to keep in mind when you're putting too much time in. Um, the no one's ever going to be mad that your sermon's too short, and no one's ever going to complain that your sermon was too clear.
3: Huh. And, and I never followed the manuscript 100. percent Anyways, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, what's well, It's actually going to happen mm-hmm. out there. It can be something yeah. a bit different than you're expecting. Yeah, I think most pastors don't. Yeah. Yeah. I've done the, you know, I like, I've even done no manuscript. Mm-hmm. I don't really like that because, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you have memorized it, but, like, I've just mm-hmm. done it on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I've always done outlines.
3: Yeah. I've no, I prefer outlines. a lot of yeah.
0: times in my life, and mm-hmm. I've never once used a manuscript.
1: Mm-hmm. No? And yeah. part of
0: that, I mean, I do really try to get, most of the time, well, when I'm preaching, preaching, not necessarily, like, every Wednesday night, but when I'm preaching, preaching, uh I try to have a very thorough outline mm-hmm. so that I know kind of like what you were saying it's not just talk about this for a while, talk about this for a while mm-hmm. talk, but to actually outline how one uh, part of the text flows into the next and then the next yeah uh, but I I guess I just feel like it's been sufficient
2: mm-hmm. you know yeah there's no there's no like, like, you can't find chapter and verse on you shall yeah, preach no, this I, way, I, and if you don't, I get it. If yeah. other
0: people go different ways, yeah. Um, I like will I, say,
2: um, because I was an outline guy, and then I did a story manuscript, and I was like, manuscripts are like a soft, cozy blanket, it's a safety, net. <laughs> <Like> you <laughs> have it, you have it, it there, especially is, yeah. if your mind goes blank. And there's and the if your outline point was one thing, and your mind goes blank, and that you've read that one thing, and then it goes mm. the next, one and you're like, I mm. don't know what manuscript you've got that whole paragraph, yeah. Um, but yeah. I'll tell you, there's there's, in my opinion, there's two big things with manuscripts. There's, there's uh, one big uh, benefit I think that it that stands out above the rest, and one big weakness that is very obvious. So the one big benefit is manuscripts. I believe are the best at helping you develop good transitions, mm. where you're flowing and you're not just like this. So the yeah. next verse is, you know, you're really flowing with mm. your transitions. And then and then the big weakness that is the the, the easiest thing I think that you can knock down a manuscript before is your presentation can be wooden when you're doing it, but even more so than that is when you sit down to write it, you're going to go into writing mode. No, you're good. Um, you're going to go into writing mode and you're going to start writing how you write, not how you talk. talk yeah. And that's yeah. the problem. So when you sit down to write a manuscript, when I write a manuscript, if you read my manuscript, it's goofy because mm-hmm. it's like a lot of like longer sentences, a lot of short, really quick sentences. Or you know, no exclamation mark. Next paragraph. Yeah. So it shouldn't look like a paper. And if you would, if you handed a manuscript into anybody um as like an essay, they should fail you for it. So it should be the way you talk. You've got to write actually, the way you talk.
3: Actually, a. Uh, oh hey, up. we're recording. You want to come in? No, Sam, 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 Sam. Dang it. It's all right. Oh, was, uh, saw shadow, so <laughs> we saw a shadow. Have... Six more weeks of winter. Six more weeks of Sam
0: uh I actually had a professor when I was in uh, college he said look like what if if you want to do a manuscript what I would recommend is make an outline and then record yourself or do like a voice to text mm-hmm. thing and re- uh, record yourself speaking through it and mm-hmm. then go back and comb through it and edit it mm-hmm. and uh, that's the closest I ever came to preaching in manuscript sermon. Mm-hmm. I still wound up doing the the, mm-hmm. the outline but I was like this is actually good for 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 uh, Figuring out where the weaknesses in your presentation mm-hmm. are and in your transitions, those sorts of mm-hmm. things. But yeah. I'm like,
2: and it, well, you mm-hmm. both have things. It is time consuming. That's yeah. part of the, the the extra hours that goes yeah. into it. It oh, takes goodness. it takes about four hours, three four hours for me to yeah. write a manuscript. Wow. But I'm also sitting there and talking out loud. That's the way I would yeah. do it. It's it's, it's super weird because I'm sitting there and I'm saying it and then writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bizarre.
3: Yeah, that is a bit difficult to try to start writing how you talk, which is kind of weird. Why mm-hmm. the two aren't the same? Uh, sorry. Uh, what I tend so like, I've done manuscript and, and the anxiety for me there is that, because um, I want to have eye contact, right? Mm-hmm. But then I mean, it's my eyes off the manuscript. I got to know the place really yeah. well. And so it's like, I, I'm i going to just be spending so much time now trying to get word for word yeah. or else something's going to derail me. Something little like, I, I, I just went on my own thought that I was like, is a really good thought right now? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh crap, where am I now? <laughs> and so that's why I never really liked manuscripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was the outline, but what I would do is I'd, I'd make the points, uh, i write down the points, but then i pa- practice the crap out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. So I already
3: know the things I want to bring up. Yeah. Um, but I think there's like this in-between that probably would be beneficial because what you say about transitions, that, to be honest, it ticks me off when I can't make it. I hate a pause mm-hmm. where it's like uh, I'm trying to find my uh, place or uh, trying to find my thought. Yeah. So it's like, so you know, as and it's like, yeah. like I hate that. I love when a, when a sermon sounds just like so conversational, mm-hmm. not necessarily just like we're like this, but like it's so natural how yeah. it's happening. Like it could be very emphatic and um, emotional, but like sounds yeah. natural.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think a huge part of that is practice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because like you were saying sounding wooden i don't i don't think there's anything you can do to make any of your first 10 sermons not sound wooden Mm -hmm. and then like i'm sure there are pastors who have said like your first 100 sermons are all Mm going to be garbage or whatever not Mm -hmm. garbage but just like you know they're if you listen or even watch recordings of them you'll kind of cringe in the Mm -hmm. future and it's like you're watching a a baby kind of take its first steps and yeah they're You know scooting back and forth from leg to leg and take a few steps and fall and then eventually you don't even have to think with how you walk so
2: yeah that's a good that's a good point of it's not like you're just immediately got it and you're good it's it's a skill that takes practice um yeah
3: i don't like it when the person it sounds scripted Mm. i don't know what it is i think people are afraid to be themselves yeah
0: yeah and because
3: and like when it sounds like a presentation like a like a shakespearean uh well yeah i mean so like, like an example is when someone is trying to like like really make a point Waxed and out. like and oh, no. you, you know like and naturally you would have the emotion there right yeah it mm. sound genuine but here they're they're fabricating the emotion mm. and you can tell right away and it's just like this sounds yeah sounds and, and it happened so much mm. Yeah, so much yeah not, no, not I know exactly what you mean no. but yeah but it was, like there were people we knew at college that were like that's the kind of preaching they're doing
0: mm. like you have a little note in your on your outline that says like begin uh, crying like yeah, right it here. just feels <laughs> like that's what they would do yeah
3: or it's like they're they're reading a story to us from mm-hmm. the manuscript it's like it's just like so um my I'd never like that I never try to be that way. So and I don't think I ever had like, I mean, I would had my own self critique and I'm like, man, I should have just really, not because I I know if I'm afraid it's it's hard to be passionate because mm-hmm. you're you're scared like am I gonna come yeah. off looking like a like a donkey, mm-hmm. um, but then on the other hand, uh, the the opposite of mm-hmm. like, not, like it you're holding back
1: mm-hmm.
3: and you look terrible doing that way I never liked mm-hmm. either yeah. but my problem would be, uh, maybe not having enough structure mm, mm-hmm. um and sometimes that wasn't my fault like if i'm going to a homeless ministry a lot of preaching i did was homeless ministry mm-hmm. and it was there were times where i just i i had to preach because uh the person who was going to preach didn't make it and huh. so i just had to come right down there yeah and uh, i didn't like that because uh, mm-hmm. again i don't like with the pause or whatever but i can do that like i can yeah.
0: extemporaneously yeah i can mm-hmm. make
3: points like that mm-hmm. uh but I don't want to, like, I don't like relying too heavy on that because mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Like, when you write something out or when you're thinking it mm-hmm. out, when you practice it, you start
2: to get what you want to say and how you want to say it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You put the, you put the work in. You've respected the text. You've respected the process as, as one, as uh, we'd say, you've respected the pulpit yeah. and oh. the honor mm-hmm. that it is to be behind that, you know. I think the, I think the big thing that preachers can forget, especially the ones right at a seminary, because this. It's a shame when that's this this isn't hit like it should be, which is the you didn't preach to yourself that week, mm. this message didn't affect you, so yeah. you're trying to get it to them, and you're not saying, well, how is it pointing to me? Yeah. if it broke your heart, you're not gonna be you're not faking that, yeah, it's coming mm. out I mean, I remember that when there was a sermon that I was preaching where I was almost in tears and it was like i wasn't I was trying to hold him back, because yeah. I was like I'm not I, uh, no, but this is hitting me yeah. um, and you wanna be preaching to yourself, you know uh. I think that's, that's super, super important. Um, yeah.
0: Eric, do you, uh, think of yourself as in any way still planning on going into vocational ministry?
3: Um, it's, it's a thought, but it's, it's kind of like, I'm just trying to figure Mm -hmm. everything out. God's
0: going to have to open the doors. Um, well, obviously,
3: yeah, would, it would, would have to be that, but it's just like, um, Like I said, you know, thinking through a lot of things of of what even the, you know, like, so I love doing ministry. I love serving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people. And and so the other week I went out uh, helping doing a homeless ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, They prepared these, I mean, called goodie bags or whatever, you know, so they can have things to eat, drink or whatever. Um, and as we're hanging this out, I, I was able to talk to a guy on the street and I love that. I love getting to know the people and I love being able to, uh, pray for them and just, just even give them my time because like, you're just forgotten. You're just this body that's out on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. But you're a human being. You got a story and these people are desperate to get it out or, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, but other times they're, they're broken and they're bitter. You mm-hmm. know? That's how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that. Uh, it's just in the context of church and the just trying to figure all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. out that we've just been talking. We've just hit the surface on mm-hmm. uh, right now. It's just like I don't know where I would fit in or how mm-hmm. it would look, and I'm trying to mm-hmm. figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know, I know, no matter what, whether vocational or not. Um, I I just don't want to have a life without ministry. Mm-hmm. I don't. I love being out there. Mm-hmm. It's a bit different right now because uh, of COVID. Uh, I was wearing a mask, but the guy I was talking to was not wearing a mask, and mm-hmm. there's a little apprehension, and even him embracing me, like and being able to pray for him,
1: mm-hmm.
3: being not six feet apart. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of worry but I was like, I don't want to want to care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, another ministry that I really want to get into that I talked to David about. Was volunteering at at an orphanage, mm-hmm. but they're not accepting volunteers because of COVID. Yeah, yeah um, so it's like, oh man. Um, so you know, I'm I'm I'm, I just I've seen her there before, but there's a person that goes some, to the all day I work at that mm-hmm. I went to college with, and I just got information on what church she's going to. She was very actually very warm about it, and uh, when I can, I'm probably trying to go to that church. Mm-hmm. I talked to Suzette. She's she's told me to come to because I do live in St. Cloud now, and it's like yeah, oh, I mean, there is that satellite there, uh, so it's like okay, uh, but it's like eventually want to to navigate through that and and see. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. like for me. We talked about sorry, the the benefit of college is like everybody's on the same mission, yeah, and everybody's yeah. together and everybody you know this ministry and stuff. And it's like um, I remember actually having a talk with one of my professors about it. it's like. This is so great, even though it could be very messy. But mm-hmm. I was like, "This is so great!" Like, and I, I couldn't at that time imagine what life was going to be afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, "I just don't want this to end." Mm-hmm. And he did, and to his credit, he did warn me correctly. He's like, "Yeah, right now it feels like you're on top of the mountain, mm-hmm. but then you got to go back down." <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow!" I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah," and I, I, it still hits me every now and again. It's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it's so different." Hmm. getting out of that. And it's like, why, why is it that I have to go to seminary to find what I think is in my opinion, biblical Hmm. where everybody's on the same page and we're all working together Mm -hmm. for that goal. And and the kingdom is really now more tangible and Hmm. and alive. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, and I'm not going to get too much into that because again, it's, it's, it's a lot and it's its own conversation, but you know, that's, um, I guess something to, to take into consideration for someone who's in seminary or in college when they graduate, it's like life is going to be different. Mm-hmm. You might be one of those lucky people who already has a home church waiting for you to come mm-hmm. back. There were some yeah. people like that in my college. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of people like me where it was like they just wanted, they felt called into ministry and they had to figure it out for themselves Yeah, where they were going to go, where they were going to mm. end up.
0: It's almost like if you're a pastor... <laughs> nice.
3: You should say it with an break. <laughs> if you're a buster.
0: No, nah, if you're a pastor, how do you recreate the culture of a Bible college in your church? Right. Mm. You know? Well, oh, my first so,
3: answer
2: is I don't want to. No? Of a good Bible college. Or I don't know. Yeah, I my thing is is you know, because I get that, like, that whole, like, you want people to have, be on that, that they're all on the same page of being on ministry, or a mission together, and they all have kind of that same focus. But church is messy, and it always is going to be. So you can't kind of, like, expect a sheen around the edges. I like what uh, Bonhoeffer said in Life Together, where he said the person who has this ideal version of what Christian community should be is destined to destroy whatever community he's going to go into. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Because the, well, church is, the church is as cleaned up as Christ is pleased for it to be. He's he's the one who's shepherding these congregations. And so if we're saying that the churches are, are messy, it's because he's letting them down?
0: No, not, I'm not know. even saying that because I think that also seminaries are messy and, and rough around the That's edges. True. So it's like, I'm not, what I'm saying isn't that I want them to be these pristine, okay, you know, okay, I cathedrals, just bastions mm-hmm. of perfection or anything. like. Mm-hmm. But the culture of people being on mission together, caring yeah. about each other, like, even just being able to stop and pray for each other in the moment. Yeah. Now, the advantage with you know college is you're around each other you're every day. You're paying to be there, too. That's you know? also that's part of it. it. I think it's
2: hard to get where... <laughs> I think that they, they, we try to do that as much as we can with like church membership to say, you're part of it. Please, please invest. Oh, yeah. But if people aren't bought in, they're not bought it. Like yeah. it's, you, the the hardest thing I will say for, at least for me at ministry so far of what I've done and I haven't done much, but for the hardest thing is that you can't force people to do anything. Yeah. You know, you can give can't them wisdom. Them you care. can say, here's what you, you can yeah. say. This is what we should be doing as a church, but there's no coercing them. They're, they're either going to do it or not. Yeah. They're going to show up or they're not going to show up. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's super difficult. So my thing is like, yeah we want to create and model that as much as possible um we want i think the first thing you want to do is that the leaders need to be starting to model that they're doing the things like what you're talking about they're um showing that to the to the congregation but you know you it's the old out you lead a horse to water but you know, yeah. people that are coming to congregation you can't force them to but hopefully you hope it takes on you pray that it takes on yeah that's my view at least i could be i could be wrong
3: i think it's an interesting conversation for sure mm-hmm. um but yeah it is it is difficult i think what i think you already said it like that's what we were kind of getting at is this culture but yeah mm-hmm. i think that yeah, would be a you... good one
0: maybe to do a whole episode on the mm-hmm. future is like what church culture should aspire to be or mm-hmm. like you know what type of culture you want to be cultivating in your church also my neighborhood is kind of waking up and people yeah. are having their friday night parties
2: yeah so no, also i'm starving it, are they yes. oh yeah
0: they're starting their parties now
2: oh which is fine you know it's like i'm i'm from such an and an a old, white people old culture ma- <laughs> i was gonna say just an old man tradition it's like it's 8 30 i'm getting get got got my early bird special at four and i'm going to bed <laughs> yeah.
0: there's a there's a couple at our church that um they throw parties and when they throw parties um like the the wife is mexican and then the the husband is uh, i think he's uh, i mean he's cajun so you guys might know who i'm talking about now yeah. but uh they said whenever we throw a party we always have like our white friends show up first and so we have like our white people party <laughs> and then when the white people are leaving our hispanic friends show <laughs> up and so we <laughs> get like two parties for one that so anyway yeah i'm probably gonna have to cap it also yeah i am very yeah, hungry yeah. and we're about to. this go was get a good conversation
2: i think it was a good starting point conversation to continue no, this thread yeah yeah yes glad to have you guys do we so, have a, a special sign-off do you have that for your podcast my
0: sign-off is now this song that's put, been <laughs> playing behind us for the past yeah, like I four minutes I it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the intro and outro from now on all right well thanks for being with us guys see you later